Steel Out Nation podcast. We're back. All right. It is 9.15 on Friday. I, yesterday, was thoroughly convinced that today was the day we were going fishing with Dan. Which disappoints me greatly, because I, I would love to be fishing with Dan right now. I know. I actually <coughs> was uh, talking, I pulled AJ out of his office. We sat down in my office, I got out my notepad, was like, what do we need to do for tomorrow? Like, what are all the things we need to make sure we cover? And halfway through it, I was like, that's next Friday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway. That's but that, that means next Friday we'll be fishing with Dan. No podcast, but we'll be fishing with Dan. Which, and then after that, I go to Arizona, and then after that, we go to California. Yep. And then after that, we go up north. Although I heard there was a closure on the fifteenth. Yeah. Is that I'm, every river? I, we have I don't to know. look. I haven't heard from Mike. Mike will let us know. Mike will tell me yeah. if they get shut down. That would suck. Really looking second forward. Second year in a row. That would suck, but. Um, and Dustin's supposed to come up, yeah, for that. Which also the second year in a row. Did you know that Dustin's coming up when we go up north? Yeah, 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 yeah. that was gonna be cool. Um, okay, so I have a question for you because I asked some, our Facebook folks, um, if who's still running a wood drift boat, and I got some really cool responses uh, of some pictures <clears throat> of a lot of wood drift boats. They're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, there's one guy who was, there are actually a couple of guys who were building their own drift boats, which is kind of cool. I mean, imagine all the time and effort goes in as they're older retired guys that have the time to do that. But um, those guys that go down and do um, the wild and scenic stretch on the road in their wood drift boats. Yeah, I've been through there in those wood drift boats. You have? Yeah, I didn't I went, know you went through in the wood boats. Yeah, I went through there with... Um, uh, Helfrich, Jeff Helfrich, I don't know and his group. Uh, the Helfriches are famous for their that river zone. rowing. Yeah, uh, everywhere. You know, McKinsey and yeah. and they're kind of call me stupid. I don't know who they are. Yeah, old old school. Um, anyway, I went through there with Jeff Helfrich and his guys mm -hmm. on a trip, and uh, yeah, they all ran. Every one of them ran a wood boat on the trip I was on. There's some um, guys you swear by. Well, they they're supposed to actually. Because they're wood and wood is buoyant, they're mm -hmm. supposed to kind of float higher. Yeah. I've actually yeah. never rode one. Uh, Ever? Never. I've rode only, well, I think I might have rode around with a friend on a lake, but you know, I've never actually ran whitewater. Yeah. I've only ran glass and aluminum boats. When we were in Forest Grove, there was like a 15 year old kid who had a old wood drift boat that he got for probably 500 bucks off somebody. Yeah, fix it yeah, up. Yeah, fix it up. And I see him every once in a while on the uh, Clackamas. Yeah, dude. In that thing. That's and he, awesome. I mean, they're he's cool. older now, but still. They're beautiful, man. I, th I think they're cool. I just, I've never owned one. Yeah. Uh, the maintenance is what always kept it's me away a from lot of work. stay on them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a lot more work. Uh, what do you feel rows better, tracks better, uh, fiberglass or aluminum? Uh, I like to row a glass boat better. Yeah. Uh, I think they're quieter. Yeah. I think um, I like the flexi bottom on them. Um, because they do tend to slide over rocks better. Boy, yeah, um, that's true. But if you're not used to it, 
<clears throat> yeah. The first time you hop in a fiberglass yeah, boat. Probably. Yeah. I'm 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 a hundred percent of glass boat guy. Yeah. I ran a, a fiberglass hide for a while. I ran a um, you know, clock craft run. Uh, I'm a I'm a big glass boat fan. Actually, I'm a raft fan now, but yeah. But um, you know, if I was running a hard boat, and it depends, you know, when I ran the Deschutes. Uh, I ran a glass boat for a while, and then I swapped it for a bigger aluminum boat mm -hmm. um, because I almost sunk it. And then yeah. um, the small boat, uh, and then I um, and on the coast, I'd prefer to run a smaller glass boat for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because nimble and small, yeah. just a, yeah. easier to maneuver. So yeah, they both got their place. When you learned to row, did you take a class or did you just <laughs> jump in and go? No, I'll tell you my first story of rowing. <laughs> I, I rowed a little bit like with a friend of mine's hat. This is a long time ago. So a friend of mine in high school had an old Lavro mm -hmm. uh, drift boat and we used to take it down to Malala. Yeah. And and uh, we ran it maybe three or four times down to Malala. We didn't know what we were doing, you know, yeah. running into stuff. And then uh, after high school, I uh, maybe was 20 years old and wanted a drift boat and went and bought an Aluma Weld, like a brand new Aluma Weld. And I was like, I remember how to row it. And so I dumped it in the Kilchis. And the very first thing I did was ran it into a tree, like <laughs> full speed, because I couldn't get out of a spot. And, I was like, ah! um, and then other than that, I just rowed and kind of yeah. came back to me. But yeah, I never had a person teach me how necessarily. Oh, really? Um, just more. You read a book, then do... I'm, I'm hunting for resources yeah. for people who are learning. Because I actually saw a post on the um, Addicted Fishing Forum on uh, Facebook the other day. And I was thoroughly surprised that somebody was asking. They're like, hey, I just bought this brand new. I think it was a loom well. Um, just bought this brand new boat. And I'm looking for a list of things to make sure that I have in the boat. Like, what do you guys suggest to make sure that we have in the boat? They, they're like, we've rowed a couple times, but... It, total novice and not one person at least by the time i saw it and there was probably 78 comments on there not one person left a shitty comment yeah everybody was super cool and that surprised the hell out of me um i was waiting for that one guy to be like oh here we go sunken boat post next week yeah. you know but it was it was really good and there was a lot of good information in there there was a bunch of people who were willing to like make sure that that everybody had or that they knew what to have in the boat and all that stuff, you know, extra or good knife, yeah. all the tools, all that stuff. Um, but in the, in the comment section, there was something that was talking about, um, the clacker craft class mm -hmm. that they have there. Um, the rowing class. And also, uh, there was another one. I can't remember where it was. Maybe it's like a coast guard class or something like that. But everybody was like, take the class if you can take it. You know? Yeah, I think that that's probably a, a wise choice. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, for whatever. Back then, there probably know, wasn't then, a lot of yeah. accessible classes. And then on on top of that, you know, I, I think that, um, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of learning from somebody who knows what they know how to yeah. do, you know. And, and basically, I would say... Um, you know, knowing your, your limits. And I think guys that start out in a, you know, still piece of water and then learn how to turn the boat. And then, you know, there's that way of doing things too, you know, row something that is super simple. Just that was another thing. A lot of people yeah. said they were like, take it from like Feldheimer to Barton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 
do do the up the clackamas that is like super mellow you don't have to worry about anything um don't take don't dump it in the upper parts of the nastucca yeah. tomorrow yeah i think that's the big i like i always tell people like the the stretch of the wilson from mills to solly mm-hmm. a great place to learn yeah. how to row yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty pretty when much it's not packed yeah, if it's not on the boats. Um, you know, or Tidewater. I used to, yeah. you know, a lot of people learn how to row around on Tidewater because, you know, the tide comes in, you have a current flowing one mm-hmm. way, the tide goes out, it's flowing the other, but either way, it's super mellow and yeah. there's nothing to really get you yeah. hurt on. But I think that's, you know, that ascending level of difficulty is important. Sure. Um, you know, anything you can do, obviously learning, use fly fishing for example um you know because i used to teach a lot of people how to fly fish and um you could make it further a lot of times in an hour class than in six months of flailing away on your own yeah yeah so that you know if you had the opportunity to take a class probably a great way to do it yeah i remember an idiot friend of mine right after i got my bow was like i ah, rowing's easy is point at whatever you don't want to row into and and row away from it dude you know what that's funny because jeff jeff brown who's rowed uh ton of hours in his lifetime he's not by any means an amazing uh guy on the sticks that's and he and he'll admit it this is my father-in-law he's 60 something years old he's spent enough time in a drift boat he the first thing he told me he goes put put the bow of the boat towards what you don't want to hit and and row out of it yeah that is a vast oversimplification of rowing a yeah. boat and i find yeah that to be one that somebody told me at one point too and was a vast oversimplification <laughs> and probably not the best advice yeah yeah i think uh i mean generally yes not always right yes yeah a, a vast oversimplification also if you're new to rowing that seems like the most counterintuitive thing to do and it scares the shit out of you because you're like oh i'm just i'm supposed to point towards danger and you know that doesn't make sense right? yeah 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 i think it's it's, it's the the equivalent of being like well when you drive a car think about what you don't want to run into and yeah. steer around it <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Welcome to rowing a drift Yes, welcome to rowing a drift Rule number one, don't die. Yes. Yeah. Rule number one, try not to sink your boat. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I remember when I worked at this place in Beaverton, this guy, he was an engineer. He went and bought a brand new Clacker Craft. And he said he was going to take it to, I think it was... What stretch of the Willamette is that that you like to fish? Oh, just uh, I I'll a lot of times go from Newburgh up to to. No, 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 no. This is the uh, down by Eugene. Oh, oh, you mean like for for steelhead? Yeah, um, Lee, uh, trap. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. So anyway, all he, the way up by Oak Ridge. Yes. Yes. He took his boat up there. Oh, Never rode a drift boat in his life. Poor choice immediately sunk it yeah almost died him and his buddy yeah and it sat in that river for months before they could get it out yeah i've rode that stretch a a fair amount not a ton but a handful of times and it's great trout fishing but it is not a not a not a brand new don't know what you're doing row and he figured that out quick yeah um what's the scariest situation you've ever been in a drift boat 
Um, I've been in several, but probably I almost sunk a boat with clients with me in Whitehorse once. Yeah. I uh, just, uh, the way I was rowing, I was on a good line and then the wind kind of pushed me in and the yeah. waves were just right. And I kind of just took a big wave right over the bow of my boat and put, you know, just right over the bow, straight mm -hmm. as could be. Yeah. Dumped uh, all, I, a lot of water. All the water <laughs> in it. it dumped all the water in yeah. there. And I'll never forget, I had these two guys in the front, uh, Mark and I forget the other guy's name off the top of my head, but. Uh, was it? Mark, the guy you worked for? No, oh. no, uh, Marcus. Actually, his name is Marcus. Okay. And the other guys, it doesn't matter. The guy on the left side, longtime whitewater rafter in the drift boat, Marcus on the right side. Wave was big enough that it went inside their hoods mm -hmm. from the, <laughs> you know, so we got Whoa. in there and, the, and we just kind of were, we're running along. When you run it, you kind of mm -hmm. run just off can opener and oh shit rock. And then you stay left out of what's called the washing machine at the bottom. And that's kind of the top part of uh, white horse. Yeah. Fast oversimplification of how yeah, you run yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah. but you just kind of run the left side of the, or you run just to the right of those two rocks, which are yeah. on the left side of the main run. And so we got in there and we we're running nice and clean and it was real windy. It was like November which is the worst time to sink a boat probably on the yeah. Deschutes or one of them. And um, we just got caught by the wind right at the bottom and it pushed us into the to washing machine, which normally kind of straighten out and you're fine. And I just, as I straightened out into it, it just kind of stood up a little bit and we just scooped under that wave with the, just as straight as could be, it just rolled over the bow the way the wave was cresting and it rolled over those dudes. And we spit out the other side with, you know, this much freeboard left in the boat. And I remember Marcus throws his arms up. He goes, "Wee!" <laughs> and Carl, the other dude's name is Carl. Carl turns real fast. He goes, shut the fuck up, Marcus. It's not funny. <laughs> and so. And you're going. And I'm me. like, no, it's not funny. <laughs> and we uh, we managed to like, I, I always ran an electric bilge in my yeah. drift boats. And so I flipped on the electric bilge and I was like, sit super still. Cause we could have easily yeah, just yeah. you know rolled over with all the water. I was like, sit super still. We managed to eddy out. And it bilged out and we bailed it, and, you know, Ooh. but it was close with clients right in the, I mean, it was like yeah. 16 degrees or something. You're like, I'm going to have to dude. put this million dollar insurance oh, policy to God, work here. Dude. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. I've come close to sinking a boat three or four times. Yeah. You know, Bobby Kratzer, who, who yeah. was a real mentor to me as a guy, yeah. once told me uh, there's two types of people have drift boats, those who've sunk them and those who will. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. There's a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one time that I probably scariest time for me, it wasn't even that scary. It was just kind of like, oh shit. And I wasn't even rowing. I was with a guy on the Nastucca. We went over this little spot that was pretty hairy. And in fact, he told me before we went over, he's like, this spot's a little crazy. I don't remember exactly where it was, but he said, this spot's a little crazy. You know, prepare yourself in case some shit happens. So we, we get in it, we get just on the, on the other side of it as we're coming out of it. And for whatever reason, his, uh, orlock comes out and slides down to the end of his oar, and he's just doing this and yeah. he's got one good oar, and he knew what he was doing. Uh, he was pretty, uh, versed in the ways of rowing a drift boat for sure. And calm, just cool as a cucumber, 
pulls that oar up, watching ahead to see where they're going, watch, sees where he's going. I mean, that boat starts doing this, right? Mm -hmm. He grabs that thing, sticks it back in there, pushes down on it, gets us around to the, you know, eddy out, and he goes, all right. Uh, he, he had spare uh, lock or so. I guess the pin that he had in there popped out yeah, or something. Broke or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he goes, we get, once we drop anchor, he goes, okay. That was shitty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's nothing, I, I would imagine there's got to be, and it's never happened to me in the few times that I've rode, I'm not a champion rower by any stretch of the imagination. And the the few times that I've rode, I've never had it happen, but I would imagine losing control of one of your oars or breaking an oar and having the one is a, an immense feeling of loss of control. You know what I mean? Like, like panic mode and to not freak out in the middle of that. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I as somebody who's been there before. I used to run a lot on the Upper Wilson. I'm told you back before mm -hmm. they gated it all, I'd I'd rope yeah. in at the footbridge. Yeah, I take out right above the narrows there, like yeah. way up high. Um, I did have an oar snap in there once. Um, yeah, which was like actually broke the oar itself, like just yeah. snapped it off just past the mm -hmm. the oar lock, and that was uh, wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the last time I ran wood oars. <laughs> did you <laughs> did you ever keep a or did you keep a full size oar or a two piece? Um, so you always, Spare. I always keep, well, I always had two pieces so I could store them when I traveled if I wanted. Yeah. But I would always put them together. You never, you always have an oar ready. Yeah. yeah. Always keep an extra oar lock. Yeah. Always have an oar ready. Yeah. Because some guys just straight up won't run a two piece. Yeah. I, I would keep one. For that reason. You know, but I, it makes them easy to store in the boat. But yeah. But I always put them together. You don't feel like they're less, nah. lesser. Nah, I mean they're ugly. Yeah, you know, depends on what you buy. Yeah, yeah, you can buy a nice two piece that's plenty strong. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you were to go out right now and buy a drift boat, sorry, any drift boat manufacturers who follow us, <laughs> but if you were going to go out right now and buy a drift boat, what would you buy? Uh, if I was going to go out and buy a boat, you'd to buy a raft. Fish, I'd I know, raft. I know. But if you were going to buy, if I was going to buy, uh, I actually love that clock craft. Yeah, I love. They make a great boat. Yeah, it's fantastic. And yeah. I, I those little ones we got are great. I'm a huge glass boat fan. Yeah. Um, I just you know I like them and mm -hmm. I like the way they row. I've always liked glass boats better. Yeah. As long as I've had them, I just like that they're quiet. And, and what about the what about the idea that a glass boat like it's mandatory to have uh, a bow anchor? I mean, I have bow anchor on my aluminum boats when I had them too. Yeah, but you know, there there are folks that say like you got to have one on. A glass yeah, the, they tend to track a little different. Mm -hmm. um, if you're so little, honestly, if we're being honest, like back in the day, we fished on the hook more, mm -hmm. like, like fished on anchor more. Yeah, it made yeah. more difference anymore. Yeah. Like especially guiding or fishing a lot. What when I was doing it, you're almost never stationary when you fish yeah so you're really only anchoring up to like retire stuff and, yeah you know yeah um so i i would keep one because i liked being able to anchor where i anchored and a lot of times like 
on the Deschutes or whatever, you pull up bow first and, you, and nice to have a yeah. bow anchor to drag up and wrap around a tree and tie yeah. off on um, if you're gonna be parked bow first or whatever. But um, I think it's not as mandatory to fish unless you do a lot of bobber. Like if you're the kind of guy where you fish with your buddy and you guys like to go to a hole and park yeah. and bobber fish, having a bow anchor is awesome on an aluminum or a glass yeah. boat. So often you're anchoring outside of the current where yeah. it's, you know, you got maybe a back eddy or something. It doesn't matter what your chines do and how your boat tracks still gets pushed all over. Yeah. And so regardless of what kind of boat you're in, having a bow anchor is almost mandatory if you like to anchor fish a lot. Yeah. That being said, if you're side drifting, bobber dogging, it's not as big yeah. a deal just sure. because, you know, your your sticks are controlling your, your boat, not yeah. your anchor, so. Yeah, I mean, every situation depends on, you know, every river system is a little bit different, of course, and you've got different boats for different situations. But if you, you're not, just your own personal use, you're not running clients, like how big of a drift boat are you buying? Oh, 16. Yeah. 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 I'd run a 16. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, unless you got a big family or yeah. you take a lot of friends with you, they're just versatile. You can yeah. run them all over the place. Yeah. They're easy to row and they're light and they're easy to drop in almost. They're just smaller boats are easier to launch and mm -hmm. easier to deal with. I'm a I'm a big believer of having the smallest boat you can to do what you want to do. Yeah. That's why my, yeah. my jet boat's a little guy. That jet boat's cool. We need to break that thing out. Yeah, it gets get a little warmer. Yeah. Right? You wanna go? You wanna go fishing in the in the jet boat? Yes, sir. Good times. Catch some bass. Yeah. That's a good time, for sure. I know. I have tempted to drag it to California with us. We can just stay there for a couple extra days, do some fishing. I can't. I want to. I can't. Chuck's boat is similar. It's very similar. No, I meant to later when we go fish stripers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To have that yeah, because I can then. Yes. Be fun to have a couple extra days of striper fishing. Mm. Fiddle dicking around. That would be fun. Now you got me thinking. Yeah. That would be cool. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. That was easily the most uh, technical podcast that we've ever had. The least amount of bullshit. <laughs> the least amount of bullshit about stupid shit. All right. You guys have a good weekend. We'll see you not next week. Not the week after. We might not see to, you guys for a while. We might have to do a Thursday we'll podcast. Doing, and you know what? You know what we're going to do? Lunch on Friday. We're going to do them on the road because we can just record it on oh, the phone. That's a great go. idea. Yeah. I love that. We'll do it on the road. In the truck. On the road or on the water or sitting in a hotel. Yep. For all five of you guys that listen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>